Hello and welcome to Writing Today. In this episode, I'll be giving you 16 tips to improve your dialogue in your story. As always, you can read this blog post on my website, thependsleuth.com. I'll leave a link to it in the description below. Without further ado, let's begin. Dialogue requires a different mindset. You need to place yourself in your character's shoes, react the way they would, and still play the writer and steer the conversation in the direction you want. Thus, dialogue can be pretty difficult to write if it doesn't come naturally. Now, this is a blog post I wrote in 2019, but revised and revamped. I've not only edited and improved the tips that I've talked about before, but also added a bonus tip. As always, I like to promote discussion when it comes to these kind of podcasts, so if you have any experiences you wish to share, advice to give, or questions to ask, please be sure to leave them in the comments below. The very first tip is to find your format. Writers have their formats for writing dialogue. Depending on education and origin, many formats work in writing. With that in mind, you can improve your dialogue by establishing a clean, simple format. For example, I use a format that cuts out any unnecessary tags. Tags being he said, she said. So I'll have a line of dialogue mentioning one name, and then for the next lines of dialogues I won't use any tags unless it is specifically necessary for the scene. This is a simple format that allows the reader to know exactly who is speaking. To top it off, it cuts out anything that isn't necessary. Proper grammar goes a long way and once you find your format, stick to it. Nothing will jeopardize the flow of your dialogue more if you confuse your reader down the line. On a personal note, I recommend experimentation with different dialogue. You might find one that is better suited for you than any other. You may even find certain formats suited for different genres. I also recommend that if you are new to writing, look at formats that appeal to you. It can be from a short story or a favorite book. You can even use the same format that I do, which is a pretty common one. There are no perfect formats out there, so choosing one or the other won't bring your writing down. Inconsistency will. So once you find your format, stick to it. Tip number two is about avoiding the word said. While said is not a bad word to use, there are better alternatives. You will sometimes want to convey character emotions without having to write a sentence or two describing their expression and tone. Conveying emotion isn't easy, but one way that helps to do so is using different verbs. It has often been debated whether said should be a chief word used in dialogue. Yet, you need only pick up one of your favorite books and read the dialogue to see the different ways a writer will use to avoid said. Now, there are many examples that I can mention, such as murmured, whispered, muttered, screamed, snapped, and so on. We have all these words and more at our disposal, so we should make proper use of them. If you feel like expressing character emotions better, experiment with them. Try some of these words out, find ones from other literature, note the methods that appeal to you, and put them into practice. No doubt you'll collect a few that appeal to you and show your personality. Thus, you'll use them more often than others. Tip number three is sometimes simple as best. Exposition is one of the worst forms of storytelling. The only time it is ever used is if the character speaks that way. Otherwise, dialogue is best kept simple for the characters and the reader. After all, a character should not constantly repeat what the reader already knows. Simple dialogue is often the most powerful as well. You cannot spend your time writing complex sentences if they fall flat. Plus, people are pretty simple in terms of dialogue. 
Take this simple line that often appears in literature, I love you, as opposed to the unrealistic and simply ridiculous example of my feelings for you are greater than that of general affection. Unless this character has stepped out of a cliché medieval story or is trying to be funny, it won't work as well as just simply saying I love you. These interactions are more powerful with history backing them as well. Simple speech is not only easier to read but it is easier to relate to as well. Tip number four is to make use of unique speech. Characters will have different backgrounds and education. With that amount, most characters will have different phrasings. For example, you can write their speech based on pronunciation. So instead of saying yeah with y-e-a-h, you could just say y-a. Instead of that, you could say dat, and so on. You can even write a lisp into their pronunciation. Of course, unique speech can be more in-depth than the way the characters pronounce words. Colloquialisms are another matter to consider. Phrases traced back to their origin country or societal group, jargon and slang included. Unique speech also helps describe a character's personality. It is for this reason you can see why many professional writers take their time here. Developing a personality for a character requires a lot of thought, yet it'll make for an interesting character from beginning to end. If you think writing this way will work in favour of your character and your story, be sure to give it a try. Tip number 5 is to check the purpose of the dialogue. It is easy to write meaningless dialogue. When I say meaningless, I mean something worse than small talk. Dialogue needs to build on a character or progress a story or set the scene. If dialogue fails to do either, it is on thin ice. While there are other reasons to include such dialogue, such as comedy, be sure that it has the desired effect. If you find your dialogue lacking any smaller reasons as well, that dialogue is best omitted. It is better to keep things simple, that way the reader stays invested. With that said, you can also break the immersion with dialogue not fitting the story or characters. Take this for example. I saw a cloud the other day, William said. I saw a cloud too, his brother replied. William nodded. I try to make this example lack comedy, but that is difficult without context. Something so bland and meaningless coming out of nowhere still subverts expectations, which is comedy in a nutshell. Yet, I'm sure you get the idea. Be sure to check your dialogue for its purpose in the novel. Tip number six is to be realistic with your dialogue. Too often a writer will type out a cliché or some other unrealistic dialogue. It is so easy that it might take a writer a while to realise what they've done. Writers often do this to avoid swearing in their novels. If your story includes some strong imagery, you'll need to use some strong language. It makes the scene far more gritty and believable. The reader wants to be immersed, but not coddled like a child when something bad happens. Once more, this comes down to putting yourself in their shoes. Imagine what they feel, use their personality to direct you. Use the words you think they would use. Tip number seven is putting thought behind speech. Speaking of empathy, you're not the only one in the story. When you create a character, you have to approach the dialogue from their perspective. You have to ask yourself, what is their opinion of the character they are speaking to? What kind of mood are they in? What kind of person are they when pressure is placed upon them? Take this dialogue excerpt for example. You know you need my help, the outlaw told the knight. You best realize that before we both get killed. You killed too many people for me to care about your life, the knight replied in anger but faltered when he thought about what was at stake. But, 
My king is in danger. If receiving the help of a demon ensures his safety, so be it. Then watch where you swing that sword, and I'll watch where I swing mine. The dialogue gives us enough information on the situation. We know the relationship between the characters, their opinions of each other. Yet we also know they wish to live for different purposes. For the outlaw, it's so he can live. For the knight, it's so that his king may live. Despite the cooperation, these two still have ill feelings towards each other. Simple thought behind dialogue and conveys the character's intentions to the reader. Understand the motives of who is speaking and words come naturally. The ones that fit and make sense in the context will stand out. Tip number eight is to avoid repetition. There's a small list of don'ts that I will mention. The first is to avoid repetition. Some characters may argue, but it will only bore the reader if there is no progress. In these cases, it is best to show some change or introduce a new conflict. The same would apply to any form of repetition. Characters repeating lines is nonsensical if they lack purpose. Ensure that you limit these lines as much as possible. Tip number nine is to avoid small talk. Small talk is much like speech without purpose, yet small talk is on more common subjects. These conversations not only serve no purpose, but they also bore the reader as well. The dialogue centered on the story is what will keep the reader's attention, not thoughts on the weather. Take this dialogue for example. I was hoping for rain today, Lionel grunted. Yes, but I heard there'll be some tomorrow, Ruby replied hopefully. Unless this is code exchanged between two secret agents, give it a miss and anything else like it. If it doesn't set the scene, progress the plot or develop any characters, then it is better to get straight into the real dialogue with a single sentence cutting through the small talk. For example, the two exchanged empty pleasantries before getting down to business. From there, you can get on with the real dialogue and save your reader a few boring and unnecessary lines. Not to mention saving you from wasting your time to write them. Tip number 10 is to avoid using names in dialogue. While it is fine to tag the person speaking, names are often not mentioned in dialogue itself. That is not to say they'll never be. In some cases, mentioning the name of the characters serves a purpose. Take this dialogue for example. Robert Stephen Musgrave, Robert's mother yelled. You get in here this instant. Now this is a simple and common form of dialogue, a mother calling after their child and using their full name to express their anger. But you'll find that they don't use it casually. For example, Good morning, Robert Stephen Musgrave, Robert's mother greeted. Morning, Barbara Allison Musgrave, Robert replied. It'd be far better to say good morning, making it more believable, otherwise it sounds like breakfast talk between two aliens. Of course, this is a silly example, but once more, you get my point. Nobody mentions names in dialogue without reason. Tip number 11 is to consider character reactions. Certain dialogue should receive certain reactions. It is often that writers who are starting dialogue don't know how to keep a conversation flowing. Sometimes information will surprise someone or offend them. It helps to improve dialogue if you include at least one or two reactionary dialogues. It also pays to have fun with such reactions as well. In a dialogue between antagonist and protagonist, reactions make the dialogue more impactful, something to remember if you hit a dead end in such a scene. Tip number 12 is to use actions while speaking. More often than not, your characters are doing something while they are speaking. Including an action helps give a sense of pacing and even tension. Of course, this can be any action you wish, 
Something related to the character, the dialogue, or the story helps too. Take this dialogue for example. I'm almost out of nails, I yelled over the hammering. Take some of mine, Sarah replied, positioning the board over the window. And hurry up, the zombies will get in if you take so long. It helps position characters, it makes them feel more alive. Having them react to the physical and audible world immerses the reader more. All these benefits for a little extra effort. It needn't be so dramatic, your characters could be making breakfast, yet having that action will add to the dialogue. Depending on your chosen genre or the specific scene, you will use actions and dialogue often, while in other genres you'll use them rarely, if at all. Tip number 13 is to know that emotions cloud the dialogue. If your characters are arguing, they will speak with anger, if they are sad, they will speak with misery. You can experiment with how each character acts when feeling emotion. Emotions play a huge part in a dialogue. It might slow it down, it might speed it up. Yet by keeping the emotions of the characters in mind, you will improve the dialogue. For example, if you want to convey the anxiety of a character, you would have them stutter in their dialogue. That way you can always catch their anxiety by simply reading what they're saying. These emotions are easy to capture if you keep them in mind. A dash of empathy or using the way you speak feeling such an emotion helps too. In the end, the dialogue is more impactful. Tip number 14 is to read your dialogue aloud. A more common rule but it will help you if you find yourself stuck. Some dialogue isn't easy to write. The kind of dialogue you have no experience with for example. That is why it is better to read it aloud. Doing so will help place you in the situation and you can better think of the right response. Reading the dialogue aloud is the most useful tool for combating these difficulties. What might read right might not sound right. Someone might pick up on this and suddenly the dialogue feels wrong or falls flat. Tip number 15 is to break the narrative with dialogue. Narrative can be long-winded and boring, yet there is almost always an opportunity to break it up with dialogue. This tip is not about how to write dialogue, but when to write dialogue. If you find the narrative too slow and need to speed things along, use dialogue. It is a tool used in the real world, it is a tool used in your novel. Don't be afraid to introduce some dialogue and take the story a step forward in the right direction. Do a note, don't think that you can use this all the time. Breaking narrative is more effective when it fits your story or the scene. Yet, if you do it too often or your dialogue is too long, it loses the effect and becomes too normal in your story. And now tip number 16, know when to leave it alone. This is the last tip. When you are happy with dialogue you have, don't mess around with it. If it ticks all the right boxes and you are ready to move on, don't start searching for a problem to fix. When you write a line of dialogue, there is a natural air to what you have written. You haven't spent so much time debating on whether a character's words are the best ones they could say. Which makes sense, because your characters don't have the time in the dialogue to find the perfect words to say. There will be flaws in what they say, but if that adds to the character realistically, rather than detracts from the story, leave it alone. It is a flaw in what they say, but not a flaw in your dialogue. Now, to conclude, I've always enjoyed writing dialogue from a character's perspective rather than a writer's perspective. I want to show what my characters are thinking, to say what makes sense in regards to their situation. When it's done right, you can almost see all the pieces fall into place. You see your characters become friends or enemies or fall in love. 
When I have that feeling when writing dialogue, my head has no problem finding the next words. I understand the characters, I know what they would say and what they should say, and I find where those two things cross over. You don't need to keep these tips with you as some checklist for writing dialogue. In fact, I don't recommend you do. Instead, I hope these tips give you a better idea of what works in dialogue and what doesn't. With this understanding, you can approach dialogue the way you naturally do, but now write dialogue you can be proud of. And that brings us to the end of this podcast. Thank you for listening, and if you enjoyed, please be sure to like and subscribe. It really helps me out a lot. If you want to read this blog post or see any of my other work, you can go to my website, thepentsleuth.com. I'll leave a link to that in the description below. Thank you for listening, and as always, good day, good night, and happy writing.